Welcome to this audiobook called The Masculine Mind, The Scientific Method to Overcoming Addictions, Dysfunctions, and Gaining Ultimate Self-Confidence. I am your author and your reader, Farhan. Chapter 1, Your Quest Towards Masculinity and Introduction. Let's first discuss masculinity from different angles. I will not try to define this word here, simply because every man has its own personal definition of masculinity. And therefore, I am in no position to modify your definition in any way. However, I will challenge you to look at masculinity from different perspectives and only after scientific evidence and factual information from trusted sources make your own rational decision. Let's begin our discussion with attractiveness. What is looked at by our society as attractive masculine energy? Is it facial symmetry? Is it the jawline? Or is it how much hair a man has on his head and how black, thick, and full his beard is? There are two matters at stake here. One, if this is the scientific truth, then how much of an effort should you make to make these traits optimal in your own body? And two, do you give a shit how society defines masculinity? For instance, do you see the trade-off between dyeing your beard black versus having core confidence in your personal identity? I hope this is making sense, bro. If it's not, I'll make it clear as we move forward. If you want to have a masculine mind, full of real self-confidence, independent of external validation or any other condition outside of yourself, then you must understand every aspect of masculinity. Therefore, do not dismiss what I tell you here. I have seen hundreds of guys struggle for literally decades because they were overconfident in themselves and stayed at the rookie level of the masculine mind. They are hopeless, and I am saddened by them. Before we get into the keys of masculine attractiveness and how it relates to testosterone, let me tell you about one of my previous students in Las Vegas. To keep confidentiality, I will refer to him as Darson. RSD. If you do not know what this acronym stands for, then let me tell you briefly here. RSD is Real Social Dynamics, a company which teaches men how to pick up women using cold approach. If you see a girl somewhere, the mall, street, bar, grocery store, funeral, (laughs) etc., and have approach anxiety or feel that you're not enough of a man to date her, have sex with her, be intimate with her, or just be her friend, then RSD is the number one company at getting you over the hump. They are also a self-development firm and have broadened their reach by teaching self-awareness, mindfulness, and confidence with women. I worked for them as the director of Las Vegas Immersion from 2013 to 2014. Immersion is basically a program in which we had guys from all over the world come to Vegas And their number one and only goal was to get good with women. Many were virgins and had very limited sexual encounters in their lives, while others were intermediate or even advanced in their sex lives and just wanted to improve themselves as men. We 
would coach these students day and night on the Vegas Strip, at the club, at Whole Foods, while at the same time filming every approach for breakdown in our training sessions. There were improv and other communication skills mixed in our training so we can become better at talking and reacting. It was a superb one year of my life. Now back to Darson. Here's what we call a hard case. He has been an RSD student even before RSD was an actual company. I would guess that by now he has been a student for 17 years. He has bought every single product RSD has ever produced and actually gone through it. You see, Darson is an academic, a real life super nerd who not only aced his SATs, but was in the top 1% of GREs, MCATs, GMATs, LSAT, test takers. <laughs> he had his own business, which he sold just to move to Las Vegas and learn pickup. Yes, this actually happened. The story I'm telling you here will enable you to experience those epiphanies which a scientific paper can never bring. You see, I used to I you see, I like to use real world and first-hand examples because they are real. Later on in this book, I will tell you what the science shows about women sensing testosterone derivatives in men aka pheromones, and how women can tell which man has high testosterone and which doesn't just by looking at their photographs. But I bet you anything that this story of Darson will teach you 10x any academic study. You will soon see. Again, I'm telling you this because I want you to consider this subject both from anecdotal evidence plus what we know as scientific truth and data. Darson had some massive fucking approach anxiety. And I bet he still does. He was super scared of women. Was definitely a virgin. And I didn't see him make out a single time in our one year in Vegas. He's still there, by the way. Last I heard, he was... Actually, let's not go there. Because I would hate for one of my readers to find out who this guy is and then i get sued ha he probably wouldn't sue me knowing this guy he would sue sue in his pants before daring to take someone to court no offense but this dude is a beta male pansy who gets schooled by the players of vegas who took his quote-unquote sets women he was talking to dozens of times while he just stared and did nothing. Loser. You may be one of these men. I know I was. And you know what? Still today, I get goosebumps, chills, and super nervous when I see that super hottie walking by me on the street. Even today, I come up with thousands of excuses for why I should not talk to her. Don't get me wrong. Some of the greatest girls I've met and had relationships with I met using cold approach. But if I told you that I never get nervous or that I approach every girl I want to approach, I would be lying. Fact is, I have the same fears you have. I've had them forever. You and I are growing in masculinity together, man. It's just that I've put myself in so many interesting, thought-provoking, and fearful situations that you can jump that learning curve towards self-confidence 
overcoming addictions, and sexual dysfunction real fast, exponentially. We will definitely get into testosterone and sexual dysfunction and porn addiction in an upcoming section. But let me intro a bit here so you and I can be on the same page as to what this book is about. Is masculinity being able to do porn star level sexual intercourse with a woman night after night? Is masculinity being vulnerable and intimate with your girlfriend and having a faithful and committed relationship with her? Is manhood related to how you relate to your parents and other family members, relatives and close friends? How well you express your emotions and your EQ? Or is it your logical intelligence and more IQ? What the hell is it, man? Let's look at these aspects from Darson's perspective. He had a very high IQ, but shitty EQ. He could not read cues and had a massive ego, fueled by his genius in academic matters. Trust me, I can fucking relate to this. In fact, he was so overconfident in his abilities that his poor marketing led him to being broke and unable to pay rent for Vegas Immersion. As director, I had to threaten to throw him out of his apartment with force. As I type this, I can recall his innocent yet lonely face being totally confused and stressed out. Let me tell you three takeaways and wisdom points I took from knowing Darson. One, do not let your ego and prowess in one aspect of life, in this case academic success, make you think that you're good at other more practical life matters, such as sex, dating, approaching women, having authentic relationships. Two, trust the process. You must trust everything your coach or mentor tells you. That is why they are your mentor in the first place. You must take a leap of faith and have some blindness in your trust. It's how the game is played, mate. Three, have a short memory. If you let your previous failures, anxieties, negative emotions, and depressions get in the way of your growth today, you're in for a life of downward spirals. Darson is therefore still a virgin and, dare I say, trying to become an amateur chess master. God damn, fool. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. And perhaps you are the same. Until now. Before I tell you about Sax, another student of mine in Vegas Immersion, let's discuss a bit of science and dig deeper into some experiments. And always remember, if you felt that I left something out or that you need me to cover something in more detail or depth, just send me an email. I'll either add it to the next edition of this book or make a video for you right away and post it on YouTube, our Facebook group, Biggest Balls in the Game, or some other format. By the way, if you're not on our Facebook group yet, get on it ASAP for exclusive content. Tons of value, and we are at 350 members as of November 2017. It's called Biggest Balls in the Game, Balls with a Z. You may also follow me on Instagram at DocTestosterone. I post tons of stories showing what I'm doing all day. The content on my IG stories is very health-focused full of nutrition, food, fitness, and health info not available anywhere else. You may also send me direct messages 
you may also send me direct messages on Instagram by replying to my stories. I answer everything quickly and it's all free, of course. That's my plug. Now back to the topic at hand. There have been a number of published peer-reviewed studies which show the direct link between different features of a man's face and the attractiveness women feel toward the face. The interesting phenomenon is that this is culture independent and therefore scientists have hypothesized that evolution has driven such characteristics to be attractive to allow for the fittest of the species to pass on their genes at the expense of those who are not as attractive. Make sense? What are these attributes? Here are some examples. Symmetry. Right off the bat, let me tell you about Dan Ariely, or Dan Ariely, who's a professor at Duke University. He has a PhD in two fields and has written one of the best books on choice architecture and human decision-making titled Predictably Irrational. I highly suggest you read it, not once, but multiple times. It will open your mind. Many years ago, Dan had a terrible accident in which half of his face got fucked up. It was tragic. Not only did he lose his core confidence, but his face became utterly ugly and disgusting to women. And he knew it. Lucky for him, he was already married, and therefore the anxiety to find a new partner was much less. But, as he writes and speaks about all the time, the asymmetry of his face was perceived as ugly. Not because people are mean, but because this is how we are programmed. Was he less masculine due to his injury? In my humble opinion, no. In fact, I would argue that the learning experience he gained from the unfortunate event led him to become more manly because he now teaches his students with more humility, kindness, and real-world painful experiences. The guy is truly badass. So, what does this have to do with you? Let's say you have a beard, and you're shaving. One side is lower trim than the other, so you're not perfect in symmetry. What do you do? You try to make it more aligned. You try and try, and then the other side is lower, so you again try to balance them. Remember, the time you spend here on the little imperfection you could be spending doing so many other things. For instance, if you suffer massive pain from addictions or dysfunctions, this bare beard, <laughs> this beard balancing act will not help those other issues whatsoever. But you still spend time on it. Why? I don't know. But if you really think about it, for your personal life, you may figure it out. It's a personal journey, bro. Same thing goes with hair. In the other audiobook I have created about hair health, we will get into aspects of how, of how hair relates to masculinity and how to optimize hair growth, but let's touch on a few relevant items here. You may get haircuts and hairstyles that allow your facial structure to look more symmetric. Think about this. It's definitely not conscious, but bring it into your consciousness the next time you encounter these situations. What's interesting is, as you will understand soon, that these attractiveness traits have little to do with a man's health. Looks are not necessarily a sign of health. 
Scientific studies have shown that over and over. A guy or girl can look really good, but their health could be total shit. You may have also seen this in personal life experience. I'm not saying that this correlation is zero. There's definitely a link, but it's weak as fuck. There's a recent paper published in February 2017 on this topic on nature.com. Reference one. By the way, in this book, I'm going to say things like reference one, reference two, and you can access these references. They are labeled as one, two, three, so you can actually go and look at these papers. And they're all in the scientific report section. The title is Predictors of Facial Attractiveness and Health in Humans. You should go on PubMed and actually check it out. It's free. And while you're there, you can also put in my name and see my published articles. They may not be as easy to comprehend since I did tons of specialized work in neurophysiology. However, give it a go and give me feedback. I'm always trying to improve myself, as you know, and I truly value your feedback. This is a two-way conversation, buddy, and I want us to engage engage with each other. Not just on this topic on hair health, sorry, not on not just on this topic or hair health, but in the years to come. This is a light, lifelong journey and we must have each other's back throughout. In good times, but also in rough situations. There's so much to cover here, man, including other attractiveness traits such as yellowness of skin and fat deposits on your face or adiposity. But let's save this for later if we have time. I want to keep this audiobook to two hours. However, if we have time, I will cover more on this topic toward the end. So stay tuned. Just for closure, before we explore the testosterone stuff, let me give you some overall conclusions from decades of scientific research on this topic. Conclusion 1. Male attractiveness is predicted positively by masculinity and symmetry and negatively by how much adiposity or facial fat there is in a man. Reference 1. Conclusion 2. One of the only physical characteristics of man which is significantly associated with masculinity is his semen quality. Reference 1. Just a tidbit here, side note, I had my sperm checked a couple of years ago and the doctor told me that my motility, morphology, and other features of my sperm are so high quality that I should be a sperm donor. That was a huge winner effect for me. I was in West Hollywood at the time and my God, I loved to hear that. Unfortunately, I did not make any money because I did not ever donate sperm. <laughs> now let's look at the testosterone angle. If you assume due to evolution and natural adaptation that women have the ability to sense high testosterone in men, then perhaps testosterone is an indicator of, ma of masculinity. Let's look at this next. And remember, although I have been teaching how to boost testosterone naturally for a number of years, it has always been crucial to compare our tribe's experiences and first-hand results to what the scientific truth holds in the academic peer-reviewed literature. We do this again here. Right off the bat, let me tell you some shocking findings which you will find intriguing. One, high testosterone may actually suppress health by compromising immune function. Two, 
Boosting testosterone may actually increase oxidative stress. I'll cover this in more detail now. Let me ease your confusion a bit so this makes sense. I know what you're thinking. Hey, I thought testosterone only had positive effects and no side effects. No, sir. That is not entirely accurate. Testosterone may increase your cortisol levels if you don't do it properly and if you don't have proper recovery. What I see over and over in clients is that they push themselves to the extent that although I'm helping them double or sometimes triple their testosterone levels, their cortisol levels are rapidly rising at the same time. No bueno. This is what makes people get into bar fights and induces violence against oneself and those around. How could you make sense of the fact that testosterone actually suppresses health by compromising immune function? Well, think about it for a second. If you have high testosterone and you are doing badass shit without getting sick, if you're dominating life, not getting sick, aren't getting stressed out, have signals of attractiveness, and can actually maintain high levels of T, then you must be fucking healthy. This is the fact one must understand. Same thing goes for oxidative stress. Basically, the cellular damage on your body due to free radicals. Just to review, free radicals can be comprised of oxygen, nitrogen, or other atoms. When free radicals, commonly oxygen, bind to proteins or other structures, they cause damage to the DNA inside the cell. In other words, and I quote, Oxidative stress refers to the balance between the production of reactive oxygen species, or ROS, that cause structural and DNA damage to cells, and the efficiency of the antioxidant system to nullify the ROS, or reactive oxygen species. Oxidate, and by the way, this is from reference to, oxidative stress has been associated with disease, such as heart disease and cancer. This is from reference three and four. We can speak more about this in later sections as it can get scientifically dense. I just wanted to show you the extent and complexity of the hormone testosterone. Don't take it lightly. It is very fucking powerful and we must know its effects to use it to our best advantage. If you have read Doc Testosterone Body, my first ebook, which is included in the Reclaim Your Masculinity or RIM program, you might remember me discussing the role of high testosterone in sexual attractiveness in women who are ovulating. So what I mean by that is women can sense, women who are ovulating can sense if a guy has high testosterone and is sexually attractive. Let's briefly get into this and then move on to the next chapter. Several studies have shown that women who are in the ovulation phase of their menstruation cycle can pick out men with high testosterone just by looking at them in pictures. Now that's crazy. It seems that Mother Nature has given this ability to women who are extra horny. This is one reason to boost testosterone, no doubt. But, as you know, there are a dozen others. We will get into all of these in this audiobook, as well as the Hair Health audiobook. 
Some of these traits are also covered in the Seven Hacks ebook, known as the Testosterone Blueprint. I don't think a summary or conclusion for this chapter will do any justice. There's just too much we have covered. I'll let your personal feelings at this very moment be the conclusion. And finally, on to chapter two.